Time for the Surf Pro of Champagne and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential. You're on News Talk 1400 and Light Rock 97.5. Surf Pro, like it never even happened. Here are the hosts, Colin Likas and Jim Rosso. Hey, it's November and we're still talking high school football, so I'm happy, Colin Likas. Uh, how couldn't you be? The bar is low for me, all right? I just need <laughs> one playoff team to survive. I think, you, I think you'll get that, even though it's not a guarantee. I think you'll get at least one. How many did we make out of week one last uh, weekend? Uh, 11 in 11-man football and then two in eight-man football, so we have 13 total. Okay. It's okay. not bad. I'd be happy if we keep uh, double digits after this weekend. I'd all right? be Ten happy of those 13, move on. Okay. Can you guarantee me that, Colin? No. <laughs> but uh we'll we'll see i'm jim rosso colin like it's evan con tamra mcdaniel we're here at the news gazette media studios in downtown champagne we'll be here till seven o'clock tonight talking high school football we'll pass the baton over to lovey smith down at papa dell's mm-hmm. they got a special treat tonight anthony zillis our videographer is going to stop by he gets free pizza right no but he can no? work oh, there okay. ed bond <laughs> probably gets free pizza but oh. listen to that show after this one the more winning football is the topic on that one as well. Yeah, three in a row now for Illinois. They're very close to bowl eligibility. Pretty all exciting time for football around here. All right, all the teams left on our uh, in the playoffs are certainly bowl eligible, or the like. likewise, right, on yes. the high school level, Colin? Yeah, they would be uh, bowl eligible in, in the college game, and they're uh, certainly state championship eligible at this point. Uh, into the second round or the quarterfinals for eight man uh, yeah all these teams have a fighting chance now but the competition only gets tougher it's a lot of really uh, intriguing uh second round matchups on deck but uh, i think we first have to go back and talk a little bit about uh what week one was like around here all right i got one sad note to bring up i think i the know where you're long going. run of the monticello sages yes. finally came to an end even though it looked like it might not yeah they definitely looked like they were in the driver's seat they got a defensive stop inside uh, their own five yard line with less than two minutes to play against Ducoin in the first round it was one of those 7-10 matchups in class 3a and 7-10 matchups are always tough to predict along with 8-9 and it looked like monticello was going to pull off the win but DuCoin got the ball, uh, got got the possession one more time and managed to plunge into the end zone and beat Monticello by three points uh, with less than a minute left. So, yeah, tough end to Monticello's season after winning the state title uh, last year. Obviously, there was a lot of roster overhaul under Cully Welter, uh, but uh, your hope for them is that the guys who aren't graduating learned a little bit uh, combined from the state championship run and the follow-up to that uh, this year, and uh, they would hope that Monticello is back in the state title hunt in 2020. Crazy year for the Sages. Congratulations to Coach Welter and the boys anyway for getting back to the playoffs and mm-hmm. uh, man, showing off those big shiny rings they got right. for winning it all last year. Yeah, it's, uh, it's actually the first time they uh, haven't advanced out of the first round since 2010, which is kind of hard to believe. So oh. uh, barely ever happened this decade. Uh, that they didn't get out of the first round, so yeah, a little bit, a little bit of a sour taste in those kids' mouths. The one, the ones who are going to be coming back, and I'm sure that'll uh, that'll fuel them moving forward. All right, no pressure, Gibson City, Melvin, Sibley's <laughs> Falcons, but you're our no reigning state champion, still alive and still uh, have a shot to do it again. Yeah, there's never any pressure for Gibson City, <laughs> right? They, uh, it seems like they just take everything as it comes. I mean, they blew past Rushville Industry in the opening two uh, A game for them. Uh, 48 nothing at home, uh, limited uh, limited five first downs for the entire game. That's Chicago Bears territory right there as far as uh, offense goes. 
So, uh, yeah, Gibson City's defense, I mean, has been great all year. I think uh, we said last week 38 points allowed coming into the playoffs. Well, they're still on 38 because they shut out another opponent. I think this might be their fifth shutout of the year. That sounds right. Uh, so, yeah, the Falcons' defense, I mean, uh, the offense obviously can do it too when you're scoring almost 50 points. But when you give up zero points, you could score a safety and you'll be just fine because uh, you're going to win by default. Hey, Collins had the chance to go to two good games last week and the first was on friday night and it it was neat scene in oakwood uh the comments yep. not only uh, put the defensive clamps down on their opponent but they won convincingly and uh maybe got some positive momentum going forward yeah it was a good atmosphere even though it was very very chilly out there cold friday night in fifian uh, but the fans were all up for it, and Nakoma's traveled well also, so it made for a, a good atmosphere. But the Oakwood defense, we were just talking about the Gibson City defense, those uh, Comet defenders shut out Nakoma's uh, in a 20 to nothing result. Uh, there's just so many uh, ground options for this Comet's offense as well. you got Colby Smiley, who's kind of the incumbent uh, leading rusher, but he dealt with some injuries early in the season, so they had to turn to other guys like Gavin Klaus, who had a, a big game against Nokomis. So he's, uh, he's a sophomore, but he plays like a senior, uh, the way he's running the ball up and down the field. So yeah, Oakwood, uh, it's, uh, we're going to talk more about their interesting second round matchup. They have one of, like I said, several interesting area second round matchups. But yeah, it was uh, Oakwood's first uh, first playoff win in, uh, in quite some time. So it's 1988 mm-hmm. uh, in their first home playoff game at all in almost 10 years. So pretty cool experience. And Colin Likas' first trip to Fithian on a Friday night. No. Correct. <laughs> true or false false, false. <laughs> that was actually the last because uh, during weeks eight and nine of the regular season i covered soccer matches uh, regional soccer okay. matches in the week before that week seven i covered bismarck at oakwood uh, that was a game the blue devils Just testing your winning. memory colin yeah i'm sure it was all right i actually had to remember that when i walked back out uh, onto the field on friday i thought to myself this is the last place i actually covered a football game mm. before last friday which was kind of weird to think about but, yeah, a uh, good win for Oakwood representing the VVC, uh, one of two remaining teams doing so. All right, who is your player of the week uh, from round one of the playoffs? That's a, that's a tough call. I mean, uh, there's there's a lot of different options I could go with. Um, let's say let's go with uh, Caleb Leahy from Bismarck getting Rossville Alvin. Probably not the last time we'll be talking about him. During these playoffs, he uh, had 241 yards on 24 ground carries, scored four touchdowns for Bismarck. Uh, they beat up on El Dorado 41-22. to Game wasn't as close as the score indicated. El Dorado scored most of its points in the fourth quarter with the game out of hand. Uh, Blue Devils well on their way uh, in the first round once again. We'll talk a little bit later on. Uh, we're talking to Coach Mark Dodd from Bismarck later on in the show. Talk about why this second round matchup is so important against Nashville to the Blue Devils. All right, our coach of the week. Uh, I went with Josh Pritchard. Yep. Uh, is I that agree. right? I okay. agree with that. Yeah. Uh, Paxton Buckley Loda. Certainly an interesting matchup. They went into the week last week no, not knowing if they would play a game at all because of the Chicago teachers' strike. Uh, got suspended, and so Chicago Carver and the other uh, CPS schools got to play in the playoffs, and Paxton Buckley Loda didn't take it easy on the challengers. They won uh, 46 to 6 to open the Class 3A playoffs. And, yeah, Paxton uh, looking looking real good uh, to start. I thought that game would be a little closer and a little lower scoring, even though Carver had not as much time to prepare, really, on the field going into it. But, obviously, Paxton benefited from having the extra time and the, the certainty that they, they could play a football game no matter what happened. All right. Uh, when looking for game of the week, 
potential. Again, the first round did not have a lot of close games. No. We talked about Monticello. That was probably the, the only nail-biter of the bunch. But what's your game of the week, Kyle? Yeah, I would say Monticello was really the only uh, tight game, as you said. Yeah, we had a lot of lopsided games. Uh, that, that might honestly be kind of a game of the week territory. Uh, Watsika had a close game against Tremont, finished 19-8. to That was uh, I figured that game would be a lower-scoring one. It certainly lived up to that. Uh, even though the score was kind of lopsided, Tuscola and Flora had a, a, a good game. Uh, so that, I mean, really, I don't know if there is a standout game of the week. I'm going to go ahead and say Watsika and Tremont uh, just because uh, the area team won that game versus Ducoin Monticello where the area team lost that game. Yeah, Watsika advancing to the second round as a, as a number eight seed, knocking off uh, Zach Zare's team, former Arcola Purple Riders state champion coach over at Tremont. So that's a quality win for Watsika to start the playoffs. All right, uh, Oakwood had that big win. Certainly they made your top 10, which we'll unveil yeah. later in the show, right? Yep, we're having at least one more top 10. Uh, I, I, I might have said last week it was our last one, and I thought it was, but uh, sports editor Matt Daniels wanted one more, so gave him one more. Uh, there is some change, uh, not really at the top of the rankings, but definitely in the middle and at the bottom there was some change. Uh, Monticello's loss shook things up. Uh, Danville. Uh, which suffered a uh, first-round playoff loss in Class 6A. Their loss uh, sh- shook things up as well. Uh, that Yeah, that Danville loss, uh, they had a good season overall. And honestly, I mean, when you're playing a team like Chatham-Glenwood, obviously that's a lot different than what our other area teams are playing, not to offend our other area teams, but a team like Chatham-Glenwood, yeah. I mean, that's that's big-time competition right there. That's Class 6A. That's, you know, that's a, t- a huge population of a school right there, uh, more than any other in our area could really say so uh Devin Miles continued to his well finished out I should say his good junior season he was the offensive spark again for Danville in the loss to Chatham uh definitely in player of the year running despite the first round exit so a good year for the Vikings second playoff berth in three years under Marcus Forrest it seems he has that program heading in the right direction all right again all the second round games involving area teams this week are on Saturday no more Friday night that's almost true Almost true. <laughs> that the don't, she- get, don't go eight man on me. I am. You can't go eight man. The, I'm talking eleven man. This she- is a different language you speak. The dollar. sheet I gave you, you is, is a little misleading, admittedly. Yeah, uh, Schlarman is playing at six p.m. on Friday night, so uh, they're traveling to Hanover to play River Ridge. So they have sa- they have Friday covered. Everybody else is playing on Saturday. I just knocked over my water bottle. I don't know if you could hear that, but. Uh, I just thought of, you know, before you move on, because we don't want to get too far ahead and, and spoil people on what's coming up in, in round two, uh, one more game of the week candidate that I didn't really consider, should have considered, Fisher against Cumberland. They had a good matchup. Uh, that game was uh, relatively tight uh, in Class 1A. It was a rematch of last year's first round, uh, same seeds, in fact, and Fisher pulled out that 26-14 to 14, uh, victory to advance to round two, and they have got a daunting matchup in the second round that we'll talk a little more about later on. All right, congratulations, Bunnies. Congratulations to all those teams moving on. As Colin said, he'll break down those matchups later in the show. And, uh, you know, it's not just the players who are moving on in the playoffs. No. It's the referees as well. And I know, Colin, you're a friend of the referees. Yes, the officials, I try, the try to be. Yeah. Because, I mean, I, I'm working along the sidelines with them. And uh, <laughs> I, I try not to get in their way mostly when I'm doing video work because uh, the, they, they could throw me out if they wanted That's to. Right. They're well within their right. Anyway, Jim Voiles will uh, join us uh, in our first segment. Always good to hear from Jim, yep. one of several, several area guys in, uh, 
that worked the sidelines for the playoffs all the way to the state championship. Yeah, I talked with him actually. Uh, one of the first uh, stories I wrote uh, when I started this particular job uh, was in Tuscola, talking to the community members about what it meant for Tuscola to be going to the state championship game in Class 1A. Ran into Jim Voiles at the supermarket in Tuscola. Didn't know who he was. He was wearing a Tuscola <laughs> football shirt, though. Got to know him a little bit and chatted with him, so I'm glad to, to bring him on the radio here and talk with him about his uh, refereeing. Excellent. We'll get uh, back with our conversation with Jim. We'll talk more uh, playoff football after our first break. Now back to the High School Prep Football Confidential, brought to you by SurfPro of Champaign and Vermilion County. SurfPro, like it never even happened. 6.15, SurfPro Prep Football Confidential, Jim Ross with Colin Likas. You can look at Colin's mug on Facebook right now. He's streaming this show live, NG Preps. Follow along on Twitter, follow along on Snapchat. Might throw something on Instagram. Trying to How's reach, your Twitter reach game everybody. Going? How's Twitter, your Twitter game going? Twitter game's good. I'll uh, I'll be manning the News Gazette Preps Twitter account tonight for our uh, few volleyball sectional mm. semifinal matches that are going on right now. We've got eight teams and seven matches uh, across the state across across three classes. So uh, I'm once I get out of here, I'll see how those teams are doing. Follow along. Uh, any game Colin covers too, you're going to get some highlights, man. If I hope you had a chance to see those Oakwood highlights, those Unity highlights. Blustery day in Tolono. Very windy. Uh, yeah, it was. It was deceptively cold this the, weekend. Whenever the sun came out, that was, that always felt nice. Not that I knew I was inside, but <laughs> I was following along, feeling your pain. Colin. I definitely ran back inside as soon as that uh, as soon as that game ended, and uh, I'm sure Jim Voyles probably felt the same way whenever he got off the uh, the football field uh, last week during the first round. Uh, hopefully, wore some long sleeves. But we're glad to be joined now by longtime IHSA referee Jim Voyles, who recently. Uh, completed officiating his 100th career IHSA playoff game. So, Jim, thank you so much for joining us on the show tonight. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Well, uh, did uh, did you know you were coming up on number 100 uh, this week? It was something I saw on uh, Twitter, Tuscola's Twitter account, uh, put something out there, you being the former uh, superintendent over there. Did you know you were closing in on that uh, milestone? Well, I knew it was right there, uh, you know, at that point. So, uh yeah, I uh, I told the guys uh, that uh, on the crew that this was going to be number 100, and um, a guy that I, Grant Norn, whom I've officiated with well mm-hmm. over 30 years, uh, he was in his 88th uh, there. So we had, and he's the uh, white hat, and I'm the umpire there in the mm-hmm. middle of the field, and uh, so there's a lot of experience, playoff experience right there in the center of the field on mm-hmm. on our crew of officials. Yeah, right, right. Well, I mean, what does it mean to, to be part of uh, now triple-digit IHSA playoff games? Uh, what 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 impact has that had on you just being involved in that much high school football? Well, I've enjoyed it over the many years, and, uh, you know, I don't know that, you know, one number is more than the other. Every When you get to the playoffs, um you know, there's three teams on the field that really want to be there and really want to do their best. The two football teams and and the crew of officials are mm-hmm. a team, and they, they, we look forward to it uh, with great anticipation. Doesn't matter what class it is uh, in the field, but they're all important. Having been a high school principal, you know, I always wanted uh, 
Tuscola's game to be most important in the minds of the crew that was there, not wishing they were an 8A or a 7A. Hmm. They're all important, and that's the way that's the way we try to take them. Right, right. Well, I mean, just why uh, why has it been so important for you to 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 get involved with high school officiating first of all, officiating high school football games, and to stick with it as long as you can? I mean, what uh, what significance does that play in your uh, in your uh, in your life? Well, I first started officiating uh, after I returned from Vietnam. Um, I started teaching at the old Decatur High School, the old one downtown, and some uh, guys there talked me into starting officiating, and it's just been an every year thing. Um, I've been through uh, two knee replacements and open heart surgery, and I've I've not missed a game. Wow, that's <laughs> not a missed the snap of the ball. Wow. Um, so you know, it's it's a passion. Mm-hmm. It's a passion like. Um, like any other passion, like golf or or what have you, uh, uh, you you strive, you you study the rules, uh, you go to clinics, you try to be your best, and you want to perform. And uh, I don't know why uh, more people don't get into it. There is a shortage of football officials. I know you're out in the cold. You're sometimes running in the mud, like last week. Um, I was successful in getting a new official to start this year, and by golly, he's probably one of the best first-year officials <laughs> I've ever seen. Probably heard of him, Judd Winky. Yeah, uh, led Tuscola to a state championship as mm-hmm. quarterback. Uh, he's going to be a great one. He's already a great basketball official, but uh, I've tried to get kids, uh, young guys especially, interested. They all seem they like they want to coach. Sure. Um, but I'll tell you what, being the umpire standing behind the linebackers, I've got the best seat in the house. Yeah, absolutely. Talking with longtime IHSA referee Jim Voiles. And uh, uh, since we're talking playoff football here on this show, uh, I know you've worked some state championship games and plenty of other uh, playoff games in between. Is there one game or even two games uh, from the playoffs, your career officiating playoff games, that really stick out to you as as, uh, games you'll never forget for whatever reason? Well, a recent one, I'm not sure what year it was, I... I went up to uh, up to uh, Limestone uh, Peoria Limestone for Lamont game. Mm-hmm. It was a super sectional, and to me, super sectionals are probably the best games because it's a do or die situation. You either make it to the state championship or it's all over with. Um, you've gone that far, and uh, in that particular game, it went to double overtime. Before before Peoria Limestone won the game, I'll never forget that one. Um, I remember a game, uh, Sacred Heart Griffin at Joliet Catholic Academy in Peoria, or uh, Joliet rather, and uh, it was just the the atmosphere mm-hmm. of the main stadium there in Joliet with two great teams playing. Yeah. Um, uh, and there's other ones, but they don't really jump to mind right this second. But if I think about it for a while, I'm sure they would. We've had some great ones. <laughs> right. We've been we've been to Mount Carmel uh, on the south side of Gately Stadium all the way 
to Mount Carmel in southern Illinois. <laughs> so uh, Huntley to Benton uh, for playoff games. Quite a quite a road to travel, to be sure. Um, before yeah. We, yeah, before we let you go, Jim, I know uh, I mentioned to you yesterday when we spoke briefly on the phone about how we uh, we talked Tuscola football over at the uh, the supermarket over there a couple of years ago when uh, when Tuscola made the Class One A final. I don't know how much you've gotten to see of uh, Tuscola's team this year, but how do you like their chances in the Class Two A playoffs? Um, well, they got a big challenge mm-hmm. this Saturday in Saint Teresa. Uh, they uh, they lost to Saint Teresa at Saint Teresa, twenty eight to fourteen. Of course, I didn't get to see the game; I was working. <laughs> uh, sometimes during the playoffs, I do get to see them because I might have a Friday game and they're playing on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Uh, I I'm thinking if uh, they can somehow um, throw up a, a good defense. Uh, and that's where they that's where they need to focus is on defense. Is if they can somehow get past uh, Saint Teresa, they may have a shot. You never know. Never know. It's the beauty of the playoffs, isn't it? That that's right. That's right. Well, Jim, uh, thanks again for joining us on the show tonight. Jim Voyles, longtime IHSA referee, and uh, good luck with the rest of your playoff slate uh, moving forward. Hopefully the weather is somewhat warmer for you the rest of the way. Yep. I, I played nine holes of golf today, so I'm just keep, <laughs> keeping myself in cold weather condition. That's awesome. That's That's perfect. Well, thanks again, Jim. All right. Bye. Great hearing from Jim. I like hearing the story of the young Wankies uh, getting into the officiating business. Yeah, that's a, I wouldn't, that's a familiar last name around here. I, well, I wonder if Judd or uh, John would give Stan any grief yeah, uh, right. on the sidelines, what Stan's reaction would be. Give each other grief, yeah. <laughs> just battle family uh, battles between referees and coaches. That's great. To, that, that Wanky family just uh, goes back to the ABL days, mm-hmm. and uh, it's one of those names those last names that mm-hmm. uh, certain school districts you uh, you latch on to. Carries a lot of weight around uh, around this area for sure. Okay, let's talk to, with, we'll be talking uh, Mark Dodd, football playoff round two after this break. Welcome back to the Serve Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County High School Prep Football Confidential. Serve Pro, like it never even happened. 628, Jim Rosso, Colin Likas, looking at the second round schedule, and I just made this comment to Colin. What happens if all 11 teams lose? And I made the comment back, that is not going to happen. But I'm so looking please at don't them. prove me. Please, please don't prove me wrong, area teams. Please win your games. It might be the nastiest lineup in News it, Gazette history. It's a pretty, it's a pretty nasty lineup. We're going to talk more about it after our final break. There, there are a lot of games this week that could go either way, and there's a lot of games this week that uh, I think fans are going to want to pay to see. Uh, there are some good second round games, especially in the smaller classes, really cl- across all the classes for us. And uh, one of those games is taking place uh, over in Bismarck this weekend. Uh, we got Nashville taking on Bismarck, heading Rossville Alvin in Class 2A. It's a five-against-four matchup. So we're glad to be joined now by the coach of those Blue Devils, Mark Dodd. Mark, thanks so much for being part of our show this week. 
Hey, you bet. Glad to have something to talk about. Yeah, absolutely. I'm sure there's uh, plenty of good stuff to talk about after you guys handled El Dorado in the first round. Uh, I know they scored a lot of their points in the fourth quarter, what some might consider garbage time. So how did you feel about the way the, the entire team performed uh, during that first round matchup? Well, it wasn't our uh, our cleanest game or, or our best effort, I don't feel. Um, but, you know, we uh, we did what we had to do. And, um, you know, you can you can kind of tell Caleb Lay he's feeling a little bit more healthy um, as the season has progressed here. So he really uh, put us on his back Saturday. Yeah, rushing for four touchdowns. We talked about him a little earlier on the show. Uh, I know his his carries haven't. Uh, he hasn't had quite the workload some of our other area team, uh, other area running backs have had. But uh, when when there when there's a healthy Caleb Leahy on the field, I mean, just uh, can you explain to folks uh, listening why he is so difficult to stop? Well, he's 220 pounds. He's fast and uh, he runs a little angry. And uh, you know, it's just it's just a rare combination of of a great athlete with speed and and power so um you know like i say he's battled through injuries really since week three and has been really limited and uh and we've of course limited him as well like uh, you know we wanted him to be hopefully healthy uh this time of year and uh, he has been last week he had a full week of practice for the first time in, in four weeks and uh and obviously it really showed he really uh he really looked like the old Caleb uh, that we're so used to uh, on Saturday. Definitely good to hear about that. Well, uh, Class 2A, uh, as usual, tough bracket. I mean, there's just so much uh, playoff history among a lot of the teams in that Class 2A bracket, Bismarck uh, Bismarck included. How did you feel about your guys uh, getting that number four seed in the, uh, in the North region? You know, uh, I, honestly, I just I don't really pay that much attention to it. Sure. Um, it, it, it it's a great compliment, I guess. I don't know, but we figure that everybody that makes it is going to be good, and they all deserve to be there. So, you know, it's kind of about matchups, and you know, you kind of look, you know, look at the bracket and see what what's down the road. But you better take care of business uh, because they're just they're just never never an easy easy go. Even though you know, at the end of the day, you look at the scores and you think, oh, well, they had they had no problem. Um, it's just never really that way. It's it's just it's just great high school playoff football all over the state. Well, I know one of the rallying cries for for your boys this year has been getting past that second round. It's been a little bit of a, a stopping point the last few years. I mean, just thinking back to the last few teams you have had, uh, how would you compare uh, this team's standing right now to the the ones of the past two three years? How would you compare this year's team to to the ones that that pre- immediately preceded it? Well, this year we have, you know, it's a senior-led team. Mm-hmm. I don't really feel like we've had that for a while. Um, you know, we've had seniors, but, you know, this group is really really a, a group that had to play all last year and had some success last year and then all coming back. So I think it's a little bit different in their minds, uh, you know, with, with the playoff experience that they have, that they, they really want to take that next step. And, uh, you know, I, I, feel, I feel good about them having that chance talking with Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin coach Mark Dodd uh, Mark before we talk a little bit more 
about the uh, the upcoming matchup against Nashville. I just wanted to uh, to mention because I know uh, I saw <coughs> s- some folks from your camp over at the uh, the Oakwood game on Friday. Might as well take in uh, local football while you can, since your guys had to play on Saturday afternoon. But uh, just to to see the Vermilion Valley Conference represented across these uh, these two teams in Class Two A in the playoffs. I mean, what's that tell you about the quality of football we're seeing over in Vermilion County right now? Oh, I, I think it's great. I, I'm I'm really happy for Oakland. They're they're a solid team and well coached. And I think uh, you know, I think our conference maybe gets overlooked and and gets uh, kind of pushed to the side. I think a little bit. Um, you know, when the when the rest of the state looks at us. Um, but uh, I, I tell you, it's it's been uh, it's been 13 years for me, and and it's always just a battle. Um, mm-hmm every single week and you know the coaches are so good and they we know each other so well that you know it, it's just it's just great competition and uh you know we have a lot of great kids um throughout our county and and it's just really it's really a fun conference to be in and to compete in each week and um uh, and again you know oakwood and us are, are still standing after round one and mm-hmm. you know how exciting would that be to <laughs> have a quarterfinal game in oakwood how exciting indeed how, how, how about that possibility well uh let's move on to first net you got to get by uh, nashville of course the hornets have been uh, pretty strong these last few years they're at nine and one coming into this game just like uh, your boys are so uh first of all what do you know about the hornets and uh what what's the game plan going into that matchup well they're, they look really talented um mm-hmm. quarterback quarterback can really swing it you know they, they spread out they got two they got a six three and a six five receiver that are really tough matchups that look like good athletes, and then they got a couple speed guys, and and of course uh, they run it enough where you, know, you have to you know you have to have to play you know enough guys in the box, um, but offensively they're they're just really impressive. It's it's kind of scary to watch them actually. Um, and they're really big up front. They got a couple three hundred pound kids that that can move a little bit and. Um, you know they're they're just really really good and they're not they're not nine and one by accident. Um, it's a little you know misleading I think because they've uh, you know they've had some huge scores but uh, you know some of the teams they played are like one and eight and two and seven and you know it, it's just really hard to judge on film in, in games like that where the opponent is so overmatched that you know you just it's just hard to hard to get a, a good handle on them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just because every everything they've done on film, at least, looks look, look so easy for them. Sure, right. Well, I, I had uh, Al Craig on here last week, uh, Oakwood head coach, talking to him about the the importance of having a, a home football game back in fifth year. And it had been a while since Oakwood had had a home football game in the playoffs, almost ten years. You, you guys get uh, get back to back home games to start these playoffs. I mean, obviously that doesn't always happen because of upsets and things of that nature. Uh, what does it mean to these boys and to this community to be hosting back-to-back playoff football games uh, to start these uh, this run? No, I think it's a treat. You know, uh, it was not that long ago we had to go five hours across the <laughs> across the state to West Hancock uh, in back-to-back weeks. Um, so... <laughs> Uh, it's it's a it's a privilege and a treat, and a, and I hope our our fans appreciate the fact that they can they can go watch quality football on a Saturday, and uh, and hopefully uh, hopefully uh, you know see see two good teams teams slug it out, and, and and hopefully the right one comes out on top. 
Talking with Bismarck Henning Rossville, Alvin coach Mark Dodd. You can go watch his boys at 2 p.m. this Saturday. They take on Nashville in a 5-4 seed matchup in Class 2A. Mark, thanks again for joining us today, and good luck to the Blue Devils this weekend. All right, appreciate it. Thank you. Well, when we come back on the Serve Pro Prep Football Confidential from our last break, uh, I'm going to break down the uh, second-round games in both 11-man and 8-man football. It's the quarterfinal games, actually, for 8-man football. we got two of those in addition to the the, uh, the 11 teams still playing from our area in 11-man football. Uh, we're also going to have a conversation with Matt Lang. You might remember him as the former Fisher head football coach of a few years ago. Uh, he loves chatting high school football, uh, does it on uh, his podcast, Third and Lang, and I was uh, glad to uh, chat with him yesterday, and we're going to bring you some of that today on the show, so be sure to come back with us after this last break. Now back to the High School Prep Football Confidential, brought to you by SurfPro of Champaign and Vermilion County. SurfPro, like it never even happened. feel better that Colin Likes assured me that some area team is going to advance out of the second round. Yep. I really I, do feel I mean, better. I really can't guarantee it, but I, I feel confident in saying we're not going to get shut out. Hey, it's a, we're winding down the fall prep sports season, state cross country this Saturday. Good luck to all those runners. Swimming, swimming's got a couple more weeks, right? Yeah, yeah. swimming at the yeah, sectional is next weekend, okay. so that's over in Urbana. we still got a little time for that. Volleyball sectionals, as we mentioned before, are going on right now. Sectional semifinals. Yeah, cross country season ends this weekend at Peoria's Detweiler Park. Hopefully it's warmer than, say, 38 degrees. I think you need Come it to on, be these about kids 40. Are tough. These kids are tough. Oh, and I, right. my, my senior high school cross-country final race, it was about 40 degrees, and I didn't wear Under Armour of any sort. And I kind of regretted that after the fact, but, you know, in, in real time, it, that you explains don't feel a anything. Colin. Yes, my brain froze. <laughs> <laughs> Let's stick to football, though, for this next <laughs> segment. We'll break down. We'll let Colin, the expert. How are you doing in that uh, pick'em contest against your uh, peers i'm doing okay i think i've been eight and two like every week this season for some reason okay Uh, i'm in third place i'm behind big mike colgan and troy gentle that's unacceptable our two scorekeepers are dominating you're the host of the show and the host has to be finishing first i mean i was in first briefly in the college football Mm. pick'em which I know very little about. <laughs> is this the Serve Pro College Football Confidential or the uh, no. Prep Football Confidential? No, All right, so get prep. your act together All right. and win that contest. First prediction, Illinois beats Michigan State <laughs> this week. There you go. Uh, actually, I picked Michigan State in our pick so whatever. Uh, but let's get back to the high school stuff before Illinois fans uh, flood me with hate mail for – for picking Michigan State this week. Uh, second round games, we've got 13 of them total. Uh, Class 4A, 11-man playoffs. Uh, number two seeded Columbia, 10-0, going to visit Fairbury Prairie Central. Number 10 seed, 8-2. The Hawks pulled an upset in round one. That's a 2 p.m. Saturday game. Uh, also in Class 4A, the fourth seeded Unity Rockets at 9-1 are going to visit 12th seeded Kankakee Bishop McNamara at 7-3. That's a 1.30 p.m. Uh, Saturday game. All right, Rockets, don't let me down. I've been touting you all season. That is right. a uh, that is a rematch of the 2015 Class 3A state final in which Bishop Mack that. put up 50 points. Yeah. Unity fans would rather forget about that game. Uh, in Class 3A... One team left for us. The fifth-seeded Paxton Buckley Lota Panthers at eight and two are visiting the fourth-seeded Farmington Farmers, who are also eight and two. Five p.m. Saturday start. One of two yeah. night games. Don't on like our docket. that. Don't, Don't like it. Play in the day, guys. Come on. <laughs> I'm sure there's a reason. Uh, class two A, eighth-seeded Watsika at seven and three, visiting number one seed Knoxville, ten and zero. One p.m. Saturday kickoff. 
Another eight versus one matchup. This is a rematch of a game from last year. Eighth seeded Oakwood at eight and two facing top seeded Pena at nine and one. Those two teams had a really good first round game last year that Pena barely uh, won out against Oakwood. That's a 1 p.m. Saturday kickoff. Uh, class uh, 2A we're remaining with number six Tuscola visiting rival number three Decatur St. Teresa. Uh, 1 p.m. Saturday, as Jim Voyle said earlier in the show, St. T beat Tuscola during the regular season back in week three, I believe. One of four top-seeded opponents our area teams are playing. That's why I'm worried about this round, Colin. It's tough. It's tough. Uh, it's, uh, I believe that was week four, actually. Central A&M Tuscola might have been week three. But anyway, uh, sticking in 2A, uh, just talked to Mark Dodd. We got number five, Nashville, going to visit number four, Bismarck, Henning, Rossville, Alvin, a pair of 9-1 and one teams for a 2 p.m. Saturday kickoff. And rounding out our Class 2A schedule, this is a really good game here. Fifth-seeded Gibson City, Melvin Sibley at 9-1, visiting fourth-seeded Sterling Newman, also 9-1 for a 6 p.m. kickoff. Uh, these two teams met in a state semifinal recently with uh, Gibson City coming away with the win, so Sterling Newman's going to look for some revenge. And uh, in Class 1A, got eighth-seeded Fisher at 8-2, visiting number one seed undefeated Central A&M, 1 p.m. Saturday in Moequa. Seventh seeded Carrollton, eight and two, defeated Arthur in the first round. They get to face second seeded Argenta Oriana at one p.m. on Saturday, and then fifth seeded Greenfield Northwestern at eight and two, visiting fourth seeded Arcola for a two p.m. Saturday kickoff in Class One A. Come on, Purple Riders, pull that one off, please. And then rounding out our uh, group in eight man football, sixth sixth seeded Schlarman. Let's say that five times fast. Seven and three. Traveling to Hanover to face third-seeded River Ridge, also 7-3. and three. That's a 6 p.m. Friday game. And then 14th-seeded Bunker Hill coming in at 1-9, and nine, visiting first-seeded Milford Cisna Park, which got a bye in the first round of the eight-man playoffs. They are 9-0, haven't lost since transferring to eight-man football. That is a 2 p.m. Saturday game. And those are our playoff games. And you know who really likes talking about playoff football is Matt Lang. Uh, he's over in Rantoul now. He used to be the Fisher football head coach before Jake Palmer got in over there. And, uh, yeah, Matt was talking with uh, Edgy Tim recently when the playoffs were uh, just getting underway, making predictions about all eight classes. can hear him on his uh, third and Lang podcast. Him and Edgy Tim have a, a great banter. And I was able to capture uh, capture some, uh, some good stuff from Matt uh, yesterday. He and I had a brief conversation. Here's the best bits of it. I know you have past ties to the Fisher football program. I know they have a pretty tough draw in the second round, but uh, – uh, outside of just the, the draw, uh, what's it like to, to see Fisher football doing so well and see how that program has advanced? You know, I, I had a really neat opportunity to truly appreciate what was going on at Fisher yesterday at the game and um, just really enjoyed it, you know, just from the atmosphere to the, the surroundings to the decorations. And, and then most importantly, you know, just able to see Jake, you know, kind of do his thing with, with Delaney and, and Tyler Wilson and then you know, walk in there and then see see three or four of my former players, you know, on the on the coaching staff, and that made me feel really good. I wasn't able to do that last year when they played Toledo. This year, I was able to watch it uh, a little bit more, and uh, with the whole idea of Toledo being a little bit more competitive, uh, I saw a real gritty, polished, uh, you know, uh, hard nosed, fast flowing to the ball football team at Fisher yesterday and I was really impressed uh, the whole outfit you know from just the uh, how they were doing things and I really enjoyed it and I, I think with that quarterback you know and Delaney and the running back and Tyler Wilson I mean I, I think they have a, a slugger's chance against A&M uh, 
in round two. Now it's going to be tough because I think A and M and the Athens and the and the lower bracket of one A are the two teams to beat. But you know anything can happen, and uh, I guarantee you, Jake will have a great week of practice, and he'll have that team ready. You know, come Saturday down at uh, down at A and M. Argenta Oriana, what do you see uh, out of the Bombers and their potential in the playoffs? Well, I mean, I I think it's all good football. Don't get me wrong. I mean, I think Steve is, Kirk is a really good football coach and uh, does a great job. He's got a good demeanor about him. He's, he's professional and just knows his knows his stuff and just he's taking the program to you know an extra level. Uh, but I, I would think maybe last year's team is maybe a little bit better than this year's team. But at the same time, um, teams are funny. Teams can get really hot at the right time. You know, I mean, I I kind of look at them last year and they kind of got hot at the right time. Uh, I think they're eventually going to have a, a matchup there with, uh, you know, with, with someone maybe that could beat them. Um, you know, I think Arcola is a team that can score points. I think Argenta is a team that can score points. I don't know if those guys are uh, – if they can stop people, you know. Uh, but I, I still think, uh, again, it's not about, like, numbers and seeds. It's about matchups and, you know, who, who can make big plays, who can stop big plays, and uh, who can kind of get that done. And, I, I you know, Argenta uh, – Good football program, good team. We're just going to kind of see how they match up, you know, and as the as the playoffs, you know, continue to go on. I know you guys, you and Tim, really like that Newman uh, Sterling Newman Gibson City matchup for the second round. I mean, what do you see out of that matchup, and, and do you really think there there could be a, a state finalist coming out of that matchup in the second round? Well, I definitely think the team that wins that Sterling game against Gibson City, uh, I think they're they're probably the odds-on favorites to come out of the North. Um, I don't know, you know, I don't know if Fieldcrest or Clifton Central, um, if they are capable of coming out of the north. Uh, I could be wrong. But, um, you know, let's get back to Mike Allen. I mean, what he's done there, you know, I mean, they've won two state championships. They're very, very, very fundamentally sound. They have great scouting reports. Uh, they're going to have a great challenge ahead of them. Uh, you know, Sterling Newman. You know, unbelievable, you know, just history with their football program with Coach Paposia over the years, and now they have a new coach. And this is a rematch, and it's back in Sterling. Uh, so this is going to be really interesting because, you know, Sterling's probably put this on their calendar. Uh, they're ready to go. But I guarantee you one thing, you know, uh, when they take on Gibson City Falcons, uh, that's going to be a different animal. And uh, Gibson City will come and knock you. They'll bloody you up a little bit. They'll punch you in the nose. And, um, again, I think the winner of that game is probably – Probably kind of got the inside track to maybe you know make that trip up north to uh, up to DeKalb. I mean, I could see Gibson City, you know, playing for the for the state title, you know, one more time. That Bismarck, their entire rallying cry this year has been getting past that second round. I mean, three three years in a row they've lost in the second round. Uh, how do you like their chances against Nashville? That looks like another tough four or five matchup. It's going to be a tough matchup for them. Uh, but I tell you what, you know, I I kind of got some inside scoop from. Uh, from the Bismarck people, you know, kind of right before the season started that they were going to try to do some things differently. And so they're not necessarily a, just a wing team, wing P team, smash mouth, you know, shove it down your throat. They've spread things out a little bit um, just to kind of utilize some of their athletes. And, uh, you know, I, I tell you what, I, I, here's my prediction. You know, I think whoever comes out of that South is going to, is going to win the state championship at 2A this year. Uh, you know, is Bismarck, are they a formidable enough opponent to, you know, be the St. Teresa? Or a Maroa, I don't know, but if they are, uh, I think they're, they could win the state championship. Tuscola is always kind of a sleeper. Just the the, the history of that program, the culture. Uh, Andy's doing uh, the job he's doing over there. I mean, 
I know St. T's had Tuscola's number the last uh, couple of regular season matchups. So what does it uh, what does it take for Tuscola to pull a shocker in week two? Well, they're probably going to have to tighten it up on defense. You know, um, I don't know if they're quite quite the big, heavy, heading, heavy, heavy, um, imposing defensive mindset team. You know, I think they they've got lighter kids. I think they got really fast, light on their light on their feet type athletic kids. Uh, they've at times they've had some problems defensively, uh, and so again, you know, I know with Coach Semeni, defense coordinator, Coach Romine, they're going to put together a real good game plan. I mean, I think it's going to be a great game. Um, I think the weather will be nice. Um, you know, I would probably lean towards St. Teresa um, just because they kind of won one earlier. But uh, don't be surprised if Tuscola, you know, takes that deep into the fourth quarter. And I think anything could happen. Uh, but again, you know, in terms of the whole South. Uh, I'm probably going to pick Moroa, but uh, you know, I'm, a, I, I'm a big fan of Tuscola and just their tradition, their culture, their climate. Uh, Andy Romine's as good as it gets. Paxton Buckley Lotus, another four and five matchup. They've kind of uh, quickly responded to having a, a first year head coach over there after Jeff Graham departed after quite a while. What do you know about the matchup between Farmington and Paxton in the in the second round in 3A? Well, uh, Toby Vallis at Farmington does a great job and. Uh, you know, I, I can tell you this, you know, that's going to be a long trip for Paxton. But, uh, you know, Paxton's done some great things this year. You know, they're, they're very, uh, I would say they're balanced. Uh, they've done some great things, you know, ever since they kind of got punched in the mouth a little bit by uh, Gibson City. You know, they, they've showed some resolve. And uh, so, you know, hey, uh, they got a fighter's chance over there at Farmington. I mean, I, I think their aggressiveness and their ability to kind of run the ball, I think that's going to be the key because, you know, Farmington has a kind of a high-flying, kind of spread you out type of team and so we're going to have you know we're going to wait and see how that kind of unfolds you know but uh you know you got to tip your hat off the Paxton year in year out you know they play really good football man it's a great great little football program up there in Paxton Illinois. Salona Unity back in the playoffs after uh after missing one year first time in Scott Hamilton's tenure they get the 12 seed uh McNamara which I would imagine is probably a little better than than its seed based on the, the score from uh from Paris uh, in week one. Um, and then if Unity wins against McNamara, they could have that rematch with IVC, and that was a game that was one point in the regular season. So uh, how do you like Unity's draw in Class 4A in the south part of that bracket? I love their draw. And I, and I tell you, you know, I, I had the luxury and the privilege, you know, to to, uh, to coach a Rantoul. And, you know, last year when we took on Tolono, you know, it was, it was one of those situations where, you know, I really got a true appreciation of Scott Hamilton, his, his – uh, his uh, football intelligence, his competitiveness, uh, you know, they were playing like it was a Super Bowl up in Rantoul. I mean, they were, they were, you know, bound determined they were going to get a win, and they, and they did. You know, uh, Rantoul played well, but we just, we made some mistakes, and Scott's team kind of, you know, capitalized on those. But, you know, I, I tell you what, I, if I had money and I could go there, uh, I, I'd buy a front row seat for this game. I, I think this is a great matchup. Um, this is at Bishop Mack. Um, they have not forgotten uh, the kind of basically the uh, embarrassment that they took place a few years ago in DeKalb, uh, the state championship game. Um, this is this is what it's all about. I mean, Scott Hamilton's one of the best football coaches in the state of Illinois. Um, program's only missed the playoffs one time, and uh, you know it's going to be come down to all the all the usual intangibles in a state championship game. You know, uh, can't turn the ball over. Uh, you got to be really good on first down. Uh, you got to win the special teams. 
and um, you know you got to play. Your, you guys got to play with your hair on fire for four quarters because uh, this is a great challenge for Salona Unity. But uh, it's, man, this is what it's all about when you talk about high school football. That was Matt Lang, former Fisher football coach. And, uh, yeah, some great insights there. I had, a, I had a great time talking to him. I couldn't include everything that he said. He had some good uh, thoughts about teams outside of our coverage area as well. Tri-Valley and – no, I'm sorry, not Tri-Valley. Uh, uh, Moroa Forsyth and uh, St. Teresa among them were the teams he was interested in talking about, and I could see why. Those are two very good programs right now in Class 2A. All right, in your Tuesday News Gazette, you'll find the Colin Likas Top 10. He did these with his hair on fire, yes, I understand. I sure did. I, I challenged myself every day to make sure it doesn't get down to the scalp uh yeah our top 10 i think this will be our final top 10 i thought last week was going to be honestly but uh maybe this will be a final final top 10 maybe we'll do another one who knows we might just do one forever we'll see uh checking in at number 10 this week new to the rankings uh though not on the season just new for the last i don't know 10 weeks the argeno oriana bombers (laughs) bombers are at nine and one they return to the rankings after beating north green in the first round of the class 1a playoffs Uh, argenta brings in Carrollton for round two our number nine team up one spot this week, the Fisher Bunnies. Fisher is 8-2, and two, staved off Cumberland in a rematch of that 8-9 seed matchup in Class 1A. Uh, Fisher's definitely going to be moving up the rankings if they beat Central A&M oh, this week. Oh, great. They're, they're, they should be ranked higher right now. Come well, on. if they beat Central A&M, they're, they're moving on. All right. Our number eight team up one spot this week, the Arcola Purple Riders. Purple Riders are 8-2. and two. They took care of Tri-County in a first-round uh, playoff game, a rematch of a regular season game in Class 1A. Arcola pays a, uh, or has uh, Greenfield Northwestern come into Arcola this week for a second-round game. Our number seven team, the only eliminated team in our top ten, down uh, three spots this week, the Danville Vikings. Vikings are 6-4. and four. They finished their year with a loss to Chatham-Glenwood in the Class 6A playoffs, but it's uh, always hard to compare Class 6A programs against the likes of 4A, 3A, 2A, and so on. Uh, so I kept Danville in the rankings for this final version. Our number six team up uh, one spot this week, the Prairie Central Hawks. Hawks uh, pulled a minor upset, 10-7 seed in Class 4A, defeating Richland County. Uh, they host Columbia next. Our number five team stays the same this week, the Tuscola Warriors. Warriors are 8-2. and two. They worked around Flora for their sixth consecutive victory. They're looking for number seven, trying to get some revenge on St. Teresa for a regular season loss to the Bulldogs. Our number four team actually jumps up two spots this week, the Paxton Buckley Lota Panthers. I pushed the Panthers up ahead of the uh, Tuscola Warriors because of their dominant win over Chicago Carver in the first round of the Class 3A playoffs. Uh, PBL looking for its fourth consecutive win overall when it visits Farmington on Saturday. Our number three team, no change this week, the Bismarck Henning Rossville Alvin Blue Devils. Blue Devils are 9-1, and one, took care of El Dorado uh, for a good start to the Class 2A postseason, draw a good challenge with Nashville in the second round. Our number two team, no change this week at 9-1, and one, the Gibson City Melvin Sibley Falcons. Falcons shut out Rushville Industry in their own Class 2A opener, keeping alive a chance for three consecutive Class 2A state championships. Uh, but that uh, that faces a stiff test with Sterling Newman. And then our number one team, no change at 9-1, and one, the Unity Rockets. Unity advanced by beating Clinton and visits Bishop McNamara in Kankakee this week. All right, I got Unity, I got Arcola, and I got GCMS, and I have Fisher winning. Okay, that's, a good, go. that's, a, good, that's a good starting point. Other hey. teams that weren't mentioned, uh, <laughs> go ahead and prove Jim wrong. <laughs> I'm leaving on a high note. Thanks, Colin. Thank you, Jim.
That's it for this week's episode of the Surf Pro of Champaign and Vermilion County Prep Football Confidential. The top 10 might not be back next week, but we will be here on News Talk 1400, WDWS, Champaign-Urbana, and Light Rock 97.5 WHMS, Champaign-Urbana, News Gazette Media Stations, Brian Barnhart, Lovey Smith, all set up down at Papa Dell's for the Coach Lovey Smith Show. We send it down to them. Talk to you next week.